Hello and welcome back to the Expert Talks podcast from Equal Experts. This time around, we talk to Paul Stringer, who heads up our mobile practice here. And as well as evangelising for all things mobile, he's here to grow the amount of mobile business we do for our clients, uh, which is an initiative that's bearing fruit already. So um, let's get on to the chat, which covers a little of Paul's background and why he joined us. We also hear his thoughts on development tools like React Native uh, and some of the wider trends affecting mobile. Hope you find it interesting. Welcome, Paul. Hello, John. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure. Um, you came on board uh, as to sort of head up a mobile practice, is that right? That's correct. Um, I was introduced to one of the co-founders, Ryan, um, back in yeah, 2016. Um, and I was uh, uh, working in my own consultancy. Um, we were looking at, at, at improving practices or working with companies who wanted to improve practices around the approach to mobile development. Um, I got talking to Ryan. Um, I found out what Equal Experts about, and I just found that there was such a uh, a good alignment between what I wanted to do, what I what I know worked well in in the in the kind of projects and engineering that I'd seen in mobile. Um, that I you know uh, was very excited and happy to sign up to come and do more of that. Equal Experts, and that is um, the the role really is around um, uh, the the mobile practice here um, so in terms of the, the the wide range of work which equal experts does I suppose mobile is a smaller uh, component of that um, where you you'll know better than me how many how many engineers and stuff we are these days I don't know where are we at I think it's about 750 at the moment, 750 I think. okay and and mobile is is yeah a smaller a much smaller part of that um, so it's almost in that kind of um, one of those areas. It's a it's a growing part of the business, and clearly it's one which there's a huge amount of um, demand for out there in the world. And so we looked at it and went, look, we think there's a really really good alignment between kind of ease, core principles, and values, our approach to engineering, and it actually is looking that these are the kind of things which now mobile is going to be uh, needing more and more. So mm-hmm. we talked about doing something um, kind of bigger, I suppose, there than than we had been done previously. Sure. Um, and, and you said you were in your own consultancy prior to mm-hmm. EE. Was that something you've been doing for a while, working with different kinds of clients? Or? Yeah, it was. And, and I was probably um, I was very familiar with the world of contracting. Um, that is, the, I've been working in contracting in mobile development for six, seven years, um, most of that time in iOS. And um, I was, you know, typically uh, moving between different clients, working with different uh, companies. Um, and after a while, after many years of doing that, um, the the last contract ended, and I took a step back and I thought, you know, what is it next that I want to do? Is it I could just keep doing this, which is great, um, but I did have this idea that, that we could. There was something in this area that there were all these um, the kind of XP disciplines which we know all about here and stuff. There was this opportunity to kind of sort of bring that to, uh, specifically to mobile projects. And so I looked at doing something in that and I didn't actually get very far with that as, as a thing because by the time I kind of had looked at doing that, um, I'd already spoken to Ryan and stuff and we went, well, hang on, let's do this together rather than me out there trying to do it on my own. So sure. Makes um, sense. that's how it kind of came together. And I guess, and then that reputation that he already has for that engineering rigor, yeah. um, people are looking to firms that can supply that rigor yeah. for the mobile side. Yeah, and it was that rigor uh, very much that I was looking to sort of see if that could be if there was demand for that. Um, I, I believe there is. 
Um, but obviously, it, it's it's much easier to take that to the market when you've already got an established organization which is well known and well regarded for that sure. and so really it just becomes an addition to already what people know equal experts for sure and we'd already done significant amounts of mobile before you joined uh, yeah primarily with o2 there's, yeah. there's a long-running engagement yeah. there um what's what's changed since you joined us has it has the practice been living up to the theory well i think that um it, it certainly has and um what I think is interesting about this, if you think about EE's proposition, is that we are um, experts in our domains. We have 10 years minimum experience in these things. And so I was thinking about this the other day, as in EE was there at a fairly early stage in the in the dawn of the, the, the industry of mobile development with O2. I think that relationship goes back seven, eight years. Um, and with them, we've built various apps like MyO2 and Priority Moments. But actually for EE to kind of uh, live up to its own values and principles and to find the kind of engineering talent it kind of usually would expect. That's very hard to do in an industry which is entirely new, mm-hmm. right? So very hard, I think, to being able to find those people with 10 years engineering experience in mobile and industry that back in those days was only one or two years old. Sure. And for probably intentionally, I think there was a, there was a kind of uh, constraint on actually how much of that type of work uh, EE would be able to take on. So I think we could do it where we had clients where we had a significant um, presence already in terms of doing other work as well. Mm-hmm. O2 is one of those and we had others as well. Um, but for the majority of work that kind of came out um, in the mobile space, they probably weren't a good fit for, for, mm-hmm. for us because it would have involved teams kind of slightly isolated, uh, small teams, not necessarily with mm-hmm. the same exp- level of experience that we would, we would typically try to put in to a client. Sure. And so it's almost like the timing is far better now for us because actually this is the 10th anniversary mm-hmm. of the App Store this year. Mm-hmm. There are now engineers with 10 years of experience sure. and we can actually put fully formed mobile teams in with clients mm-hmm. um, purely in a mobile context rather than also having to kind of you know come at it from a perspective of doing some other work with that client already. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that's to me is the, the kind of the progression journey that we've gone on where we're now kind of finding we have that pool of talent sure. um, and, and mobile is um, considered to be important enough now that people give it the due kind of almost uh, engineering respect that it mm-hmm. deserves. Whereas yeah. that wasn't hasn't always been the case, and the level of investment is less of an experiment for people to do this thing. Yeah, it's, it's uh, well clearly we have to do this. It's not this is no longer an experiment yeah. or mm-hmm. a thing we're trying. This is actually our business now. Mm-hmm. Our business depends on the success of this software, mm-hmm. um, these apps, and and everything that goes with that. And I think that's another thing as well is that we've moved past the point of it being about apps. Um, apps are only as good as the services that they. Um, give to the user and mm-hmm. so you have to look at these things as a whole and so I think that's another reason why uh, the timing is kind of right and for for us because we bring that whole um, level of experience across the board from from the back all the way to the front. Mm-hmm. And do you think that's the prime advantage of Equal Experts as a proposition going to talk to clients that we have that kind of end-to-end knowledge for the entire service and whatever it may entail? It's certainly one of them, and it, and, it, and it also incorporates other areas. Like I know you've probably done these these this series with the security practice as well. The, it, it it is no longer just about that app. We're probably going to look for the engagements to be encompassing all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas an app's just the endpoint, and yeah. not necessarily the overall picture we're looking at. I guess. Well, I think it's been treated a lot like just a separate thing that would be done separately because it's mm-hmm. a different. Um, 
set of skills and maybe it's more of a front-end technology and I think that that understanding is generally coming starting to shift as in it's not really that actually mobile applications with the complexity of the ecosystems around them as they continue to kind of become ever more encompassing and, and more technology and more hardware and more software behind them um, they are becoming um, much more than just a front-end mm-hmm. app we're effectively building desktop class applications which means um, they're actually far more complicated to to build and maintain than than let's say um, even a website might be. Where sure. much of the heavy lifting of front end development of a website is done for you by a browser, but we don't have an equivalent of a browser on the front. We are actually building, you know, software all the way from the lowest levels mm-hmm. of touching the hardware all the way to the top, which is the UI and everything in between. Yeah, mm-hmm. it actually requires some some uh, a very wide range of skills in in kind of from a development perspective to be able to, deliver, to, to build and develop a mobile app. Yeah, and well, to, deliv- to deliver it to that level of quality that consumes its best. Yes, yeah, yeah. Th- certainly. And that's one of the things which is also one of the challenges because um, in, that, in that world on your phone, anything you put on it is measured against the best in class that are also existing on that mm-hmm. phone, which means you're competing against every other app on the app store um, in terms of the bar at which people are... Uh, measuring the quality you're up against mm-hmm. um, so you you don't live as an island in your own website just on your own not really being compared you are being compared next to that um, yeah. that great app so from in Instagram and then I'm straight over to another app to check out right. my airtime and things like that yeah, yeah and right. that experience kind of drops a lot mm-hmm. people just they, they don't blame the, they, they just look at that and say just this somebody didn't care as much about this as as as, as uh, Instagram did about that experience there, sure. and so I think that's uh, you know one of the things as well that you're always trying to do, and you have to um, you you can simply only acquire that through really solid engineering. That's, mm-hmm. that's my belief anyway. Is that raising the bar in terms of quality? Is that one of the recurring trends in what clients are looking for at the moment, or are there other specific challenges that you find keep Obviously, every client's different, but they're kind of yeah. trends in what we're being asked to do. Um, they they do vary. Um, so there is definitely a category of challenge which um, which some clients face, which is they've already got a well established product that is now serving millions of customers and and, and is the channel through which sales and revenues uh, are generated or costs are saved or taken out of the business, for instance. And in those circumstances, those apps have probably been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and they may well have suffered from kind of you know various iterations of, of different approaches to development. They probably weren't all started out from a kind of basis of uh, the kind of practices we've talked about. So they probably lack tests. They probably lack automation. Those types of things. They may well have uh, been built in a various uh, a spectrum of technologies which have actually come and gone over the years. So uh, there's been several waves of, of sort of churn almost in the industry, which is people looking at different ways to optimize the way they would develop for multi-platform on mobile. And and some people are still living with some of the decisions made around that from many years ago and finding them ways to try to kind of um, move from that to, to something new, mm-hmm. uh, which has come to replace that thing which may not have uh, had the long-term kind of stability of success, which originally yeah. initially was hoped for. There's aspects where technologies have come along at like React Native, tried to plug that gap and work across everything well that's the latest that's the latest um you know uh great hope mm-hmm. uh, which is that react native will come and and um save us all from from uh, multi-platform development mm-hmm. do, do you what's your take um 
I try and be very um, non judge non non too. Oh, I don't know how to phrase this. Um, too so, agnostic, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so let's so let's just be uh, clear. I have no uh, personal direct experience with React Native, so a lot of what I know about it is from some of it is just gut instinct, and mm-hmm. some of it is from anecdotal. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my, my honest view about it, but I don't think this is necessarily the, the only view. Um, and I think that it is, as with all things technology, it is um, um, it always depends on your circumstance and what it is you're trying to get out of it. Now, my, my personal take is that is that the view on React Native is that um, it is looked at from, from as a solution to reducing the cost um, of multi-platform development for Android and iOS, um, which is what it, it, it proposes to be. Um, alongside that, there come other um, expected benefits, such as um, it is a platform upon which web developers with React experience can build native mobile apps, mm-hmm. um, which I don't believe that to be true. I don't think that is the case. I think actually it's the opposite. You actually need very, very skilled, good native mobile developers who have almost actively chosen to say, we love some of the the the... the the, the approach to development with React Native kind of uh, provides and we are actively choosing to use this for our native mobile development. Uh, but it's not that kind of, I'm a web developer, no, I can build native mobile apps. Sure. I think that is the path which will lead in a, in a sort of messy place. Um, so that's kind of one of the myths, I think, that kind of surrounds it, which is very easy mm-hmm. to kind of see because you have that word React in it and it's like, well, I've got React developers. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the same thing, right? Give they me just do this. Give me mm-hmm. thing. Just get those guys to do me now. Um, the thing that just experience tells me about stuff like this is that they they bring um, a huge level of complexity on top of what's already there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, 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 they have very lofty ambitions to be able to kind of harmonize two completely disparate platforms by providing this kind of umbrella over both of them, um, which almost puts you even further removed from the actual hardware and software that you're trying to run on top of. Sure. And that is just inevitably more software more complexity and and a huge great dependency on another party who you hope that um, over the years will continue to yeah. sort of be a good steward of that and not lose interest in it and not lose interest in it not move mm-hmm. on not become distracted um, I you know I think if you're looking for something future proof um, you, you you have to still take the bet that um, Apple and Google are your friends mm-hmm. really in this um, and that everybody else who's almost trying to insert themselves in that relationship um, are always going to be on a bit of a hiding to nothing to be able to support it and sure. um, I, you always have to look as well as what's, what's the business case does that can I see a clear like follow the money how do they make money out of this which means that long term it's going to be a thing mm-hmm. um, and if I can't see that clearly I worry about it sure I, I think that makes sense and you know the fact that it's React Native is almost by the by it's interesting to follow your thought process there and you know it is a tool and this is the way one might want to look at it with with the long-term success of your application mm. or service in mind mm. and, and you know that almost applies mm. whatever the tool of the tool du jour is yeah of thing. And, and 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 we also go through the hype cycle of any new technology um everybody is always constantly looking in technology for efficiencies and savings and ways to reduce the complexity or the cost of doing it mm-hmm. which very, of, of course people should always be looking at that um, and anything that seems to be a silver bullet for those things will will get traction, mm-hmm. just inevitably. Uh, it's easy to get kind of, you know, lured into those things mm-hmm. and to kind of like rush into them and then adopt them and then find yourself 
um, kind of coupled to something which then it's very hard to extricate yourself from sure. and change decisions later. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the the kind of health warnings that that um, are probably not being flashing loudly enough in front of people. And I think the other thing as well, which is that anything which is still relatively new um, in its adoption phase hasn't yet had the opportunity for um, uh, the, the horror stories, mm-hmm. which which inevitably will come out. There will be examples um, where people chose this path and that they will reckon that, that for some people it wasn't the right path sure. and that they will be out and mm-hmm. they will say so. And I think recently we had an example where a Airbnb, who were often cited as one of the big um, proponents for React Native, they recently come out and very, very, very politely and uh, str- straining every sinew to say how great it was have actually said, it's not for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there may be more stories like that but in something that's only been around two or three years, we haven't had the time to see that come out in the wash. Yeah, and there's, uh, yeah, you can't take that more rounded view unless you've got the hindsight of having seen similar things come and go, obviously, yeah. which is where that experience yeah. comes to bear. A particular challenge for us as well is that um, I talked before about now that there is this body of expertise in the industry around mobile and all the tooling and the platforms and everything, um, we're actually able now to go out to the market and find um, the right t- kind of talent that, that has the skills and practices that we we look for. Um, and with something new again like React Native, we're almost kind of undoing all that. We're saying, oh, actually, we're going to go back to people who've only got a year's experience in this new thing, mm-hmm. uh, which actually doesn't fit brilliantly. Makes sense. Um, now, I know a lot of our clients, we can't really talk about who they are or what we're doing necessarily always. Uh, so with that slight caveat in mind, mm. um, you know, what achievements are you happiest with since uh, joining us at Equal Experts? Um, definitely the fact that we now have um, more, we have more variety and, and, and more um, diversity in the client base that we have around mobile. So I think that we, we had some very big accounts, um, O2 being one of them, um, and since then, I think that's we're now up to uh, six or seven kind of accounts of household names, uh, mm-hmm. which you would recognise with apps in the App Store that all um, have have good ratings, and um, we're very proud of. Mm. Um, what are your expectations for how the next eighteen months are going to develop, or is that too much of a an ask? You know, do you, do you see any particular trends emerging? Um, it's a good question. The so one of the things that is why I believe that you have to have this kind of rigor around development um, mobile is because it is such a fast-moving industry. We operate on uh, a cycle which is driven by consumer products. So there is an annual release cycle, an annual kind of cadence, which is to release new software and hardware every single year. Mm -hmm. We've seen Apple already this year announce iOS 12 for this year, which will be out in September. And we know that this time next year, there'll be iOS 13 and the year after that will be iOS 14. These things will just keep happening on that on that annual um, cycle because it is a consumer product, and as a result, you have to stay. Um, uh, the, the pace is relentless. Um, in terms of trends, though, that we're certainly um, the, the the rate of development of new things does seem to be slowing. Um, I mean, the the leaps that we had in previous years don't seem to be quite as big in terms of leaps. Everything is now becoming a sort of Um, sustaining kind of evolution of what's already there so um, it's hot I actually find it quite hard to think back just a month or two ago as to what was being announced at uh, um, Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference 
Um, but it was mostly, you know, it was AR kit two. Yeah, you know, refinements. And, refinement of yeah. AR kit. Mm. Um, in terms of the OS, tons of lovely new um, kind of user facing kind of improvements mm-hmm. to, to things like notifications and, and all kinds of things, which when we all get it, we'll, we'll, we'll be very happy about. And it's uh, doing stuff like uh, better bat- battery life, better performance on older devices. But these are all kind of signals of, of kind of the maturing and we're actually kind of like looking for gains. Some quality of life kind of improvements yeah. in yeah. the main. And so in terms of, of, of how much we're going to see great big leaps in terms of what we expect the apps on our phones to do, I'm not sure that, mm. that we're still quite in that, that sort of explosive phase of kind of just annual leaps. So it's actually quite hard to see a trend because the actually changes are quite small now mm-hmm. from year to year. Um, I do... I mean, most recently there was going back to Google's conference. There was stuff there about um, Google's voice assistant technology. There was a demo called Duplex, which I'm sure people have seen, uh, which actually isn't actually a product yet. Mm-hmm. But but I think it did give a hint at where things are going. And I suppose if there is a trend emerging, the trend is actually away from the mobile screen being the number one entry point to doing stuff, and more to this collection of devices around you. Mm-hmm. Um, which almost disappear into your daily life as other ways to, to, to interact with apps and services. Mm-hmm. And that predominantly looks like it's going to be um, driven by a voice UI mm-hmm. or a chat UI, these types of things, rather yeah. than it all being about an app on a phone that takes up a rectangle mm-hmm. that you then control with, with your fingers. Sure, It does seem to be something there. And I think that there's a kind of... In isolation, maybe it wouldn't work, but you know, just voice recognition on its own. But the fact that we also have um, machine learning and AI, which are kind of the brains that can make that stuff work mm. really well, um, I think there's, 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 that probably is the trend, and we're probably very, very early days of that trend. But I think it's almost inevitable that that is going to be the, the 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 new thing that people are going to measure performance by. As in, not what how many apps you've got, but what is you know how can I access and, and use this in a kind of normal conversational way? Um, I think another example of that are sorry to cite Apple products constantly. It's just it's just something I, know, I, know I have can. to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, I actually don't own yeah. half this stuff, but uh, you know one of these things is um, um, Apple Ear, AirPods, mm-hmm. which I think you do. I do have some. Do. Yeah, I, so, I love those. So who's yeah, the yeah. fanboy here? Mm. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I, I can um, recommend those. Exactly. Right. And, and so uh, the AirPods are an interesting. Um, Evolution, like I've seen people describe them as actually, if you're looking for what the future of technology and stuff is, you should look at these AirPods thing because although they are just a pair of headphones and that's what people buy them for, the, the new modes of interacting that the people, the, this kind of thing that just disappears, you, you're wearing them, you're almost not aware you're wearing them, but you, you engage them as when you need it and you can now do things through them that you normally have to pull your phone out to do. And, it, and it's a good example of how it's not just the phone that we're all familiar with, but how mobile is encompassing more devices and more ways of interaction. Yeah. And it just shows, you know, these things are creeping up on us over time. Yeah. Um, and then until suddenly they're just, yeah, of course you do that because that's just the way we use our devices now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the, tra- it's the trajectory of technology to become ever more personal. Um, and I think that it's the watch and the AirPods, which are those devices which give you a glimpse of kind of the next evolution um, stage there's a famous kind of like Apple famously will say that every um, personal greeting revolution has been driven by a change in the user interface from initially you know the keyboard to the mouse to touch 
um, and now almost a voice. Mm-hmm. And that the, you don't really get a significant change in technology until you change the mode by which you interact with it. Is that reality informing a lot of the conversations you have with clients now and what they're looking to do? Um, it would be it would be nice if they were. I don't think they actually are. I think we're still too. It's it's too almost early. I think, and it's not necessarily obvious quite what the implications are. If you are a, a sort of say one of our clients who has a mobile app, and I think Alexa and those things do. I mean, obviously everybody is saying we should have an Alexa skill and mm-hmm. we should integrate this with Alexa. Um, chatbots are another thing which obviously everybody looks at and goes you know we can see how we could put some kind of um, AI behind a chatbot that could mm-hmm. take over some of the roles and jobs which um, which which our apps do I mean that might be another trend uh, we've recently done a project where uh, I won't name the client but we are looking at how effectively a chat interface could replace an entire app and then suddenly an app looks like a very heavyweight way to deliver uh, something could which could much more in a lightweight way be delivered mm-hmm. just via a, um, via a conversation that could be delivered to you either via Alexa, Siri, or um, a messaging app. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those, it will still be mobile-based, but it might not be as app-centric-based yeah. as it has been previously. There's very much a trend to kind of your app being almost broken up and delivered in many other areas. So accessing an app's functionality through Siri or Alexa rather mm-hmm. than opening that app and doing stuff in it. Yeah. Is there another way better way for your customers to be experiencing this little bit of that service yeah that's absolutely yeah. true yeah and i think that's all part of the kind of the, the the where these things intersect you i don't think today you can really do transformation without considering the role that mobile technologies will play in that because they are enablers for much of the many new ways of working yeah. which are available um you know um the opportunity for mobile to kind of like transform kind of the experiences that people in the employees in the workplace have, I think is huge, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the enterprise, I think, is one of the one those areas which is possibly lagged behind its adoption of mobile um, beyond just people bringing their own devices to work and mm-hmm. using it for email and calendars. But if you think about how apps have kind of revolutionized the world outside of us, I think there's still that huge opportunity actually next for, for apps and mobile in the workplace where they already are existing to, um, to kind of um, change... Um, workflows, work sure. processes and optimize mm-hmm. them and make them far more enjoyable, um, efficient mm-hmm. uh, experiences yeah. than what they currently are at Buffer. It's, the uh, future is ripe with possibilities, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 As always. Yeah. As um, always. That, 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 that's the one constant we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. never changes. And that's why we're all in the field, I guess. So you know, it's abundantly clear this is a field where there's uh, absolutely ripe with opportunities. Oh, yeah. Um, what would you say to people that are looking to start exploring and have, having some conversations around what those opportunities might be for their business? Oh, well, I think um, if anybody out there would um, feel very free to, to get in touch with me. Um, I, I try to post interesting things if I can on LinkedIn. So I'm on the Paul Stringer. Um, also on Twitter, you can find me same handle, Paul Stringer. Um, and yeah, um, you can always get in touch with Equal Experts and contact me and I'd love to talk to, to you about all this stuff. Um, like I said, I can talk all day about it if you'd like me to. Right. Okay. <laughs> if you're not available, presumably there'll be some sort of uh, Android equivalent uh, virtual pool that will respond in the meantime. Oh, there is. And, and <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. There'll be a voice assistant that, that will be able to we'll definitely take take. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that one. We'll work on that one. Well, thanks for taking the time, Paul. And um, yeah, appreciate the conversation. Thank you. Thanks, John. Cheers.